Listeners, welcome back to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. This is going to be an especially exciting episode. We're going to talk about that pet cemetery. Which one? Uh, the good one. The good one? Just kidding. The new one. Oh. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, thanks again to Ziggy for joining us last week. Uh, or, you know. Anyway. Minutes um, ago. Minutes ago if in, in, in the world. Uh, that we live in. Time bananas. Yes. Yeah, we, we, we grabbed the time banana and traveled through time. Um, we're, we're a horror movie podcast. We talk about horror movies. We try not to spoil them. We do spoil... We try not to spoil them. We do spoil them. We try not to spoil the recently watched. Is that what it is? Uh, I think we don't spoil them. They spoil us. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and thank you to the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features. You can find their music on Amazon or iTunes if you want to buy it digitally, and say hello to them on Facebook where they are, the Moon-Rays. Um, and, you know, there's that. Uh, I that, think that takes care of Housekeep. Well, the house is kept. So, uh, <laughs> guys, um, yeah. we want to do some Recently Watched? Uh, I don't have any. You don't? <laughs> Guess what I watched? What? A couple of Bigfoots. Really? Oh, yeah, there were a couple of documentary, uh, uh, they were two consecutive documentaries. It was like the Bigfoot documentary stuff, part one, and mm-hmm. I wish I could remember the title. I think it was On the Trail of Bigfoot, and then more On the Trail of Bigfoot, or Bigfoot Further 2. Further Down the Trail. Yeah, yeah. Bigfoot 2, The Search for Curly's Gold. Um, All right. So these uh, documentaries were good. Uh, I enjoyed them. And if I remember the actual titles of them, we'll talk about that another time. If you see Did them, they find Bigfoot? You're going to be surprised to hear this. They found a lot of people who saw Bigfoot, but they didn't actually find a Bigfoot. Have so. you seen the film about the, what is it called? The man who killed Hitler and then <laughs> killed Bigfoot? No. That's uh, a movie? Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's on Amazon Prime. I've not watched it yet. The Man uh, Who Killed Hitler Then Killed Bigfoot? Yeah. Is the name of the movie. Or something along those lines. Yeah, okay. It's got, um, oh, who's the guy in it? Is it one of the Wilson brothers? No. Okay. Um, he plays the cowboy in uh, Big Lebowski. Shows oh, up. Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. There we go. He's in this? Yes. I'll watch the hell He's out of He's the that. man who killed Hitler and then was hired to kill Bigfoot. Good. I'll watch that. Yeah, it's on Prime. Yeah. I believe it's Prime. Yeah. <laughs> if it's not Prime, it's on Netflix. Sounds it's not like, Netflix, it's like on Prime Hulu. Material. Prime Material? Yeah, yeah, it does. Do you remember that thing that uh, Dana Gould said he would do if he could time travel? <laughs> he could go back and kidnap baby Hitler and then go forward in time and use baby Hitler as a club to kill baby Charles Manson. <laughs> and he pantomimes swinging his arm and, be- and beating something with a club and he's like i know this looks really bad i promise you i need to do this so yeah time travel time travel killing hitler 
All right. Yeah. I don't think he's a time traveler, though. Oh, Hitler or, or Sam Elliott? Sam Elliott. Oh, well. I believe he killed Hitler. And he's just really old. Yeah. Well, he probably killed Bigfoot in the 70s. Oh, yeah. So. When, yeah, when uh, Bigfoot had, like, the center part hair and was yeah. wearing, like, hang ten shorts. Yeah. Unironically. Unironically. It has the two little feet on it. Mm-hmm. He had a big foot painted on the side of his van. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Yeah, this year there have been uh, nine reports of Nessie. No really? kidding. That's a real spike in activity, isn't yeah. it? What uh, do you think's going the on? The latest one was by the guy who who uh, steers the uh, Loch Ness tour boat. Wow. So he'll get more custom. Oh, true. From it, so. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Um, what, what's the what's the currency? Well, does Scotland use the euro? I don't. Even, I, don't I think they use sheep. <laughs> they just use sheep as currency. Yeah, you know, Julian. I was thinking one time not so long ago that, man, you know, you, you're you're an American citizen, but you, so you're not British, but you're English, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So did you ever stop and think, damn, you know, we would never do that in England, man. Like we wouldn't, we wouldn't elect some jerk with like these ill-fitting suits and this terrible hairdo oh. and blustery moron. Oh, we're talking about him now. <laughs> we're talking about him now. I'm just—it's this current event, as you know. So, what a mess! Oh my God, it's been an embarrassing mess for some time now. There's a, there's a British Trump, <laughs> and your former countryman elected him. Yeah, or put him in office somehow. It was—it was actually not a majority vote. Yeah, was it? I don't think so. I don't think that's how they put a prime minister in. The party. It, it was a. It was I think a they dunk a witch <laughs> three times, and if she lives, uh, mm-hmm. the guy with the worst hairdo gets the to Tory be. gets elected. Oh, okay. Yeah. The Tory party. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on a sec. Someone's here. Someone's going time bananas out here. It's professional sounding that way. Yeah, you know. You what have be, you watched recently? A couple of Bigfoots. All right. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Um, well, then, you know, a Scream movie for last week's episode. And, uh, whew, boy. Um, Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery. So, yeah, we'll watch that. Yeah. In fact, Jolene, thanks for having us over to watch that when we did. Mm-hmm. And um, thank you for thanking me. <laughs> you bet. Even though you saw it. Yeah. Well, you know. Even though it was to watch... Pet Cemetery. So you've got some recently watched, don't you, Julian? Yes. Let's talk about those. Uh, well, I saw a, a really interesting uh, western called uh, The Raid. It's not to be confused Raid. with the uh, Indonesian okay. one. Okay. Uh, so this The Raid is from 1954, directed by Hugo Freganese. Uh This is based on an actual incident. And uh, uh, I'm surprised this hasn't been filmed several times because it's such an interesting story. It's like, uh, so a bunch of... Um, uh, Confederates escape from a stockade. Okay. And uh, they head for uh, the town of St. Albans in Vermont, which is up on the Canadian border. And the idea is to uh, steal everything they can from, you know, just loot the banks and burn down the whole town and then get across the border. Yeah. Into Canada, which was neutral. Yeah. Um, so uh, something like this did actually happen. Um, I think they're actually in real life. They're actually uh, agents who are hiding in Canada. 
Oh. Instead of Escape Prisoners. But it's got this really good cast in it. Um, the script, screenplays by Sidney Boehm, story by Francis Cockerell. Uh, so the stars are Anne Bancroft, uh, Van Heflin, Richard Boone, Leave Marvin, Peter Graves, James Best, William Shallot. Um Yeah, and it's, re- it's really quite sad because, you know, you have all these people that are t- just you know, heartbroken, of, you know, they're, they're tearing their own country apart. And, yeah. You know, there's always people who are betraying each other, either voluntarily or not. Um, yeah, so I thought that was, that was pretty interesting. It's got anyway. a good cast. Yeah. Um, Lee Marvin plays the psychopath, of course. What? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um. <clears throat> All right, so uh, I also watched uh, the new uh, Hellboy, which is a reboot. It's not a Hellboy 3. Um, so they, uh, uh, they, they put together four different stories in the comics. Okay. Uh, so it starts off with a few minutes of Hellboy in Mexico. Uh, and they also have uh, the Wild Hunt storyline, um, Darkness Calls, and uh, I think one of um, the Storm and the Fury, I think, is the fourth one. Um, but anyway, uh, so this this reminded me of uh, how superhero movies used to be about 10 years ago, mm-hmm. when you had always uh, market-researched um executive decisions about all oh, this you know what what are the good storylines from this particular comic yeah uh, we'll take those and mash them together into one movie and kind of blow the whole lot of them mm. in one go yeah um, not do justice to any of them yeah so you know you had the like the Fantastic Four and X-Men Last Stand they just take these oh yeah great uh, storylines and just you know just don't do them right yeah um <laughs> Anyway, uh, uh, at the end of it, uh, you know, the credits come up and uh, showed the director was Neil Marshall. I was, I was shocked. What is, what is Neil uh, Marshall? The Dog Soldiers. Oh, okay. That. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this was filmed in Bulgaria, um, and it stars uh, David Harbour as Hellboy, um, Mila Jovovich, Ian McShane, Daniel Day Kim, Thomas Hayden Church. Um, Good cast. Yeah. Uh, All wasted. There's a lot of talent on this. A lot, a lot of good talent. Um, uh, but, you know, like a typical scene is um, they're in the, the uh, BPRD bunker. Mm-hmm. And Hellboy has his feet up on the table. And uh, Ian McShane, as the boss, says to him, get your feet off Churchill's desk. Hellboy does so. And then it shows a shot of the brass plaque on the table showing it's Winston Churchill's desk. Yeah. It's not funny. doesn't add anything to the story. But you've got all these talented actors and you've got the props department have had to do this and make an aged table and there's a special, you know, engraved brass plaque. Yeah. For nothing. <laughs> that was the whole joke. Do you, think yeah. it, do you think it got edited down from maybe having an actual joke? I don't know. It seems you're right. It seems like a lot of effort there's for so nothing. There's so much crammed in here, right? And there's, there's and there's so many little gags like that that just don't come off and they just waste time. Yeah. Um, uh, on on the on, check it out if you if you have the notion to do so. But um, <laughs> uh, there's some good looking shots in it. I mean, it's, it's you know it's well yeah you know 
as I say, there's lots of talented people working on it. There's some good uh, Wayne Barlow-inspired demons towards Ooh. the end. Um, I don't know if they're inspired by Wayne Barlow, but they've, yeah, and that's they've got that they kind of abstracted of. look. Yeah. Um, uh, the Baba Yaga house looks really good, and uh, and she's she's really well done as well. Um, doesn't look like the comic one, but fair enough. Does it it's have chicken? Yeah, yeah, does it have chicken feet? Yeah, it's got two chicken legs. Oh, good. Nice. I think in the original Russian stories, it's one, isn't it? Oh, is it just one? Just so it hops? Yeah. Or it just kind of crawls on its nails? I don't remember. I think in the Russian stories, it's just one. Okay. Huh. Wow. But S- still pretty scary imagery. Yeah, yeah. But it is, it's nice kind of a wintry landscape. Mm. Um, they could do a good job of matching uh, Bulgaria up to England. Where most of the story is set. Yeah. Um, but uh, the tone of it is just really off. It's just it's so much of it seems to be played for laughs, and then every now and then they'll throw in a really um, chopped up snatch of uh, some rock tune mm-hmm. to make the fights seem more exciting. Oh. It's just distracting, and yeah, it, it's really off. I uh, didn't, didn't enjoy it. So what, like the sickness from Disturbed or something of that level? No, it would be like, um, uh, they, there's like a Royal Blood track, um, uh, and, it, and they just like play odd seconds of it kind of jammed together, like, you know, like when tunes are edited for commercials and things, yeah. and they just like play familiar bits of a tune. Oh, yeah. Jammed together and, um, but... Yeah, I'd rather hear the, 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 the orchestral soundtrack, so that's pretty good when you get to hear it. Yeah. It's like, just cut together familiar stuff, and, you know, people... Yeah, this is just made to you know, make make you feel like you're watching a trendy movie. Yeah, let's bring in our best cologne commercial editor guy <laughs> and see what he could do with this. Yeah, Yeah. so it just felt anonymous. On It felt like it was market research and executive decision rather than a, a real good vision. I don't know why they didn't just make part three. Mm-hmm. They had two perfectly serviceable well, Hellboy yeah. movies. Yeah, uh, Mike McGinnell was working on the screenplay of the third one. Oh, okay. Um, but they, you know, once uh, Del Toro dropped out, then... Ron Perlman dropped out because he, he wanted to work <coughs> with Del Toro. And, mm. um, so they had to abandon that. Well, I think they could have done David Harbour here. I just, I mean, it's not like they've never replaced the lead in a in a yeah, sequel. I mean, he's he's fine. Yeah, yeah. And they just, there's this you know really impressive uh, suit they put on him, and when it's when it's you know well lit, it looks really yeah. good, and it, it moves really well. Um. So yeah, um, there's good looking stuff in it, but it just but t- tonally and yeah. you know they just <clears throat> blow all these good stories. Well, well, that's a shame. So, not a big recommend. No. All Any right. Others. Nope. We it? want to talk about another movie that didn't need to exist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you talk about? A reboot of Pet Cemetery? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm assuming they made this because it did so well. Well, that's the thing. You gotta wonder um, when when they do this. The first question is: Are they just doing this for money, or does somebody really and care? And the answer is always yes. The, yeah. Well, primarily things get made because other people want to make money off of them. Yeah. But I would like to think that there's also a little dab of because we want to, or because we care about the source material. 
I'm not sure they really do. They switcheroo a few things in this movie. Well, the point actually isn't that they don't care about it. They do respect it enough to be relatively accurate to it. Like they're not just going bananas with it. And like some movies where they just switched it all up and nothing, nothing resembles the original. They're not doing that. I, I felt they, they did uh, care about it and they cared about it enough that they didn't want to, that they, they were thinking of the people who'd read the book and seen the previous movies. Okay. I think that's that fair. they were trying to throw some twists and turns in it so that it was still like the source material, but um, surprised. Yeah, uh, there's enough difference to make it enjoyable. Yeah, for the the old fans. You think you know what's going to happen, and on a few fronts, you you are your expectations yeah, are and, subverted. And after all, the the, the pattern is uh, the monkey's poor. Yeah. Um, so you just stick with that, and you've got the same basic gist of uh, plot. Yeah. Going in and coming out of this, you're going to get that. Yeah. That formula, that monkey's paw story. So um, I guess what... I guess the big question is, was this necessary to redo? Was the first one so dated or so not going to be um, sought out by modern young horror fans that they needed to reboot it? Like, I'm trying to think of an example of something like this they did. Uh, well, for example, the <laughs> Ziggy's not here. Uh, the new It. Mm-hmm. Probably it did need updating, and it's good that they did what they did. Um, whether you agree or disagree, uh, if you if you look at the one that was made in the '90s, late '80s, early '90s, <coughs> um, if you put that up next to the new one, yeah, the new one looks better, and it's you know probably following the book a little more closely, but. Uh, I feel that's an example of something that was necessary, you know, because updating. But not everything needs updated. Like no, uh, I think I think what this movie needed is this movie needed a director like Kubrick who took The Shining and subverted a lot of it. Okay. And Stephen King hated it, but <laughs> right. it's a fantastic movie. <clears throat> yeah. Um, well, we don't see Stephen King as a director or producer on this. So I don't know if he had to sign off on it or if he had lost the rights to it at some point in time. But uh, that... I I'm sure. No, he New does, Line Cinema. He does love this one. Oh, he does? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, I don't imagine he would have a lot of qualms with the uh, the first one, you know, which was from... Uh, oh 1988. God, 88. So, yeah. Some, something from the late 80s isn't going to hold up now visually to most of the new audiences, I, I don't think. But they're not doing anything in that movie that needs to be updated. It's not like they're using old technology or, you know, they got the rotary phone or some shit. Uh, I mean, what do you need for Pet Cemetery? You need a spooky ground, a house or two, and a road. Yeah. Does any of that shit need to be updated? Yeah. Could the kid have been run over by an Uber? Would that have worked better? <laughs> <laughs> These Ubas coming up this railroad, <laughs> they got lead foots on them all Sometimes of them. Sometimes <laughs> a contracted worker is better. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know, man. So maybe it didn't need updating. No, this movie did not need to exist. Okay. They could have taken this money and burned it in a big pile and accomplished the same thing. <laughs> you seem a little on the fence about this, Will. <laughs> a little bit. 
Perhaps we need to give you a nudge here. <laughs> wow. Would you have liked it better if you were watching it as a Netflix thing where you like, weren't expecting that much and, and the, the pace was right for a, a Netflix show? So Oh, Netflix. like like a series? Like maybe... Yeah, maybe it's like a two-part or something special. Mm, but a Netflix original. I think, no, I think the only way you could get away with this is, is, like I said, you have to have a visionary director that's willing to change the story. Yeah. That's willing to give you something more to take that Stephen King book and really study it and find out what ever Jim is inside and really work on that. You know, mm-hmm. lying to your kids about death, I think, yep. is probably the moral of this story. Don't do that. Right. And don't, don't double down on your mistakes. <laughs> well, I, I find that's like uh, in, in common with uh, most Stephen King movies. Um, Stephen King you have a big fat book yeah and when they make a movie that's too faithful they're condensing it down yeah but what happens then is that the original story the premise for it is usually a pretty hackneyed concept yeah it, it, or it's been done at least mm-hmm. so in this in this case it's the monkey's paw uh, in other cases it's kind of a, a 50s science fiction sort of idea or a Twilight Zone sort of idea yeah but he, he takes that that idea mm-hmm. and then he, he builds this really believable town and characters and that you really care about around yeah. it and and then what he's actually writing about is like death or loss or some, something yeah yeah uh, and that makes it you know so he's done great novels like that but you know as i say with the adaptations once you've like boiled down all those hundreds of pages you lose the characters yeah um, all that, all that development, and and you you basically get back to that original uh, plot idea, yeah, which is is just uh, familiar. So yeah, maybe a series would have worked better. Yeah, because this movie, you didn't, I or at least I didn't feel like these characters were yeah, I didn't anything. Care. They were, I was, I really had to think of what the main character's name was. Yeah, I, and I was like, what is his name? name? Yeah. Lewis. Yeah, I, I realized that afterwards. Yeah, but I was like, this—I know nothing about him. Yeah. I've read the book. I've seen the original movie. I'm watching this one. I'm like, I don't know anything about this guy. He seems to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. I caught the kids' names and uh, Judd's name. Yeah, but I didn't catch their names. Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah, I think I think you're right. I think once they boil it down, the the little germ of an idea that's why i think you need to get to more than just the the basic plot you need to mm. pick through it and figure out something that that he's saying there there's some not focus so much on the uh on the actual plot that he has whatever little right. thing he's come up with it's a scary clown or whatever like what is he really saying with this book? Yeah. Or conversely, go the other way and focus really on the characters and make this movie mm-hmm. more of a of a human drama with supernatural bits. Yeah. Something you got to do something. Otherwise, you're just you're playing a cover song that sounds the same. <laughs> right. You know. Like, uh, the song at the end. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know. Good example. Yeah. Um. So do you feel like you didn't care about the characters? Mm-hmm. Didn't care wit about the characters. Okay. And, it, and that, that is something that I think is, is always 
the most important ingredient in a movie for me is if you make me love them or hate them or on whatever Something, level yeah. care about them, then I'm I'm in. I will watch this and, and uh, want to know where it goes. And and I just felt pretty ambivalent about the characters for the most part. Like, oh, you know, we'll watch them. I'll see what they do. Um, I didn't feel a, oh, no, no, don't go in there kind of thing at Never. any moment in this. Like, no. I, and I, of course, knowing the story, I know they're going to go over the log jam or tr- deadfall or whatever they call it. Yeah. And what's going to happen is going to happen. I know this already. Yeah. So that's not the reason I don't care, though. What I don't, the reason I don't care is because the characters haven't done anything to make me care. Exactly. Or the director hasn't done anything to show them in a light or give them some dialogue to make Something, it, anything. Yeah. This movie really lacked on any characterization of anybody. They spent a little time on giving us some creepy imagery of the kids' little procession, their little funeral procession, where they all had the paper mache masks. Yeah. That felt so contrived to me. It really did. Uh, and, and that shit works for me, though. I love that, you know, kids, creepy kids in the woods with mm-hmm. paper mache masks. It should work, but it didn't work with this. Yeah. Right. Because I, yeah, it didn't why? tie to anything. And who were those kids? Were those... I was trying to figure that out last night. Like, who were those kids? They It felt Wicker Man remake to me. Yeah, they just showed up. This and is they, what we do here. It's like, uh, so uh, when are you going to get Nicolas Cage out here and put the bee helmet on him? Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the things with the character development, like uh, when we were watching it, you, you pointed out, um, do they actually have a, a screenplay or are they just mumbling? Yeah, yeah. That was another <laughs> thing. This, this thing is... Real, real mumble core. Because I had this sucker cranked up. Yeah, you had it pretty loud, and, and, and all you could hear from the lead characters it was you know, <laughs> the kids were enunciating. Yeah, the kids you could understand. Although I believe the little boy was A and R for the most part, because right. anytime he talked, his face was turned away. <laughs> Yeah, Except but, like maybe one or two scenes where right. they got him to say "daddy" or something, but I think they got a kid and they're like, "Oh, he can't. He won't speak on cue." It's funny because I remember at one point I said, "Well, he's only got to make it through another scene or two. Mm. and it turns out, "Oh yeah. shit!" So okay, <laughs> what is the so the, their version of subverting our expectations was? Uh, let's make the that white kid that gets hit by a car on the campus. We'll make him a black kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, you know the little boy that gets killed? We'll, we'll make it the girl. Yeah. Because everyone knows it's going to be Gage and he's going to turn evil. And uh, so the the Orinko tankers that won't slow down on that weirdly narrow road. Like, I don't know why they're speeding on that narrow road. Mm-hmm. Um, seems like a terrible idea. And how they're speeding because it looks so hilly from one angle. Right. It's windy and hilly. And you wouldn't think a... Any truck driver would want to would want to do that because if they jackknife a tanker full of anything, they're, they're going to wreck the truck, spill the contents, and obviously lose their job and and or get sued. So no, I, I, that doesn't ring true to me. Yeah. Um. So, I think the little kid was scarier. Yeah. He would have. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I, th- I figure they switched it because they wanted mm. to do the switcheroo, but also. Yeah. I think they wanted the girl to be able to speak more, mm-hmm. or as a little boy. And they wanted her to, to be more of a physical threat. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, too. Because the little kid, it's like, you know, you pretty much grab him by the scruff of the neck and wing him into the fireplace like Chucky. Oh, yeah, you could drop kid, drop kick that kid out yeah. the window. You know? 
Remove, Don't kick the baby. Re- remove the head. Uh, and then the other big subversion was that, oh, you know, Winston Churchill or Church the Cat, he's not charcoal gray. He's a, sort of a tabby. He's a Maine Coon. Is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, okay. Which I, that's probably the only good change. Like, yeah. why wouldn't you have a Maine Coon in Maine? Yeah. You, you had him in Boston. Now you could take him to where he feels more at home. Yeah. In the burial ground. Okay, so the the procession of kids, you you guys felt also that it didn't really land. It didn't. It was contrived, or did you yeah, sort? Of, isn't that no? Isn't it? There are processions for their dead pets. But with paper mache masks, did they do that? I in the don't novel? remember the masks. That's yeah, I don't remember the mask. Um, but a bunch of bummed out kids going to bury a dead pet. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. But the fact that there's this cultish, everyone with these matchy sort of paper. It felt like a scene made for the trailer. Yeah, it did. Imagery for the trailer. You and, know. And uh, if they'd cut it, would you have been upset? No. You no. Would have gone, I, I don't remember that scene. It was in the trailer, but I don't remember seeing it in the yeah. movie. Yeah. And then, of course, they do make it a point, I think, on the poster to hang one of the masks on one of the one of the. Yeah, there's crosses. a mask hanging on one of the crosses in the graveyard. Yeah. I'm sorry, in the cemetery. The cemetery with an S. Yeah. So the tagline they used was, sometimes dead is better. So is there like a double meaning to that? They should have left this project dead? <laughs> no, that's not what I meant. <laughs> no, what I meant was... Uh, Leave it, it be? Is the reanimated dead better? Than, oh. I don't know. It, it doesn't mean that, I'm sure. Sometimes dead is better. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, you th- maybe they should have worked around that. You know, make the movie about that where the dead are employed. They're, they're better employees, and you lost your job to a dead guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a totally different movie, but yeah. Well, Lewis Creed's wife dies, and uh, the new one that comes back is better. Better. Yeah, she she's got a little more edge to her. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I could see that. She's edgier, you know. I felt the uh, the Zelda bits were just, they didn't work at all. You know, in... They, they cut so much of that from the original movie that, that was in the book. Right. But I felt that they held on enough of it, you kind of understood what was going on. This, I think they reduced it to the point where it was like just another... Contrivance. Contrivance. Yeah, they had to put it in there because it's in the book. Yeah. Um... Now, I haven't read the book since I was uh, much younger than I am now, and I do know that the Zelda part was like kind of creepy in the book, but mm-hmm. I felt like when I saw the movie, it's like, oh, you guys went a little over the top with the way she looks and the way she acts. Yeah, she looks like something out of a Japanese horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, it could it's enough to have somebody whose hands are atrophied, who's obviously in pain and they're emaciated... Uh, it's enough to show that and have them say something creepy. They don't have to go so over the top with the jumping down the dumbwaiter. I'm pretty sure that didn't happen in the book. No, I don't. Pretty I don't sure. believe so. But again, I could be wrong. I thought her sister choked to death, if I remember. Like she didn't. But it's been you know thirty plus years since I read Pet Cemetery. Yeah. It worked, though. It was creepy. Yeah. I yeah. remember reading that and being really creeped out by but it. The other thing that the novel does is make... It, it's the ambiguity of uh, <clears throat> when someone is suffering and dies, you feel 
there's an ambiguity about how you feel about them going. Yeah. Uh, which the novel really digs into. Um, the, the characters are haunted by. Yeah. Uh, and it does like it. It just bluntly states that in the in this movie, but uh, so it's there. But I didn't feel it. It also yeah. seemed like the doctor was pretty jumpy for a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they um, wheeled that bloody patient in, and he acted all freaked out like he'd never seen blood before. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he's got to have If done, he was a Boston ER doctor, he's seen, he's seen some shit. He has seen it all. My mom used to work at uh, Holy Cross Hospital on the south side of Chicago, and she said, you know, Friday nights and full moons. She's like, it, it was always just crazy. Uh-huh. She, she did her ER stuff there for, I want to say, three or four years. I, I could be off by a year. but um, I didn't yeah. know your mom was an ER nurse. She was, yeah. So she, was my mom. <laughs> no, she really was, yeah. Really? Yeah, wow. for a few years, yeah. I say, I thought we were just switcherooing something. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mom, mom's an RN. She's still licensed. She's... Pretty much retired now, but she could just jump back in if she needed to. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, um, man, it's a noble profession. Yeah. You know, ER, ER docs and ER nurses. Yeah. Much respect due because they're doing something a lot of us couldn't do. And, uh, <clears throat> people. I always will, think, yeah, well, go ahead. People will do awful stuff to themselves and each other. Yeah. So, go ahead. I was just going to say, any, anybody who ever thinks that they're, somebody who doesn't give a fuck should hang out with a nurse because you don't know people who don't give a fuck (laughs) right a nurse can handle anything oh man yeah yeah if there's a really bad car accident they'll get out and they'll walk right up and they'll start doing stuff that needs done you know as long as you're in a state with a good samaritan law they'll do it anyway though yeah so um yeah so so this doctor uh yeah he seems like he's never seen a you know person hit by a car yeah uh he's kind of rolling his eyes at a bloody nose and of course i was thinking well you know except for the guy's got a dagger stuck in his face <laughs> but that's not what happened um so i think in the, the novel that this this school is known for like students will get bloody noses when like an exam comes up or something they give themselves bloody noses oh, i don't remember that just lean over the you know down beneath the desk and punch yourself yeah, in the nose. It's and something they do to get out of that's a school event. That's a good scheme. I like that idea. So um, Lewis Creed was played by Jason Clark, um, mm-hmm. an American, right? No. No? Australian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's, um, he's a, a film and television actor, um, but he's been uh, uh, Ted Kennedy in, uh, what was it, Chappaquiddick? Yeah, in 2017, he played Ted Kennedy. Okay. So I could see the resemblance there. That could work. He was uh, a <clears throat> Terminator Genesis. Mm-hmm. He was uh, in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes mm-hmm. and uh, Zero Dark Thirty. And welcome, Leela, to the show. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Leela. Yeah, we, we left the studio door open and the dogs can just yes. come and go as they please. And uh, someone has <clears throat> long nails. Yeah. Well, that, that floor is, is uh, made for tap dancing. Yeah. I think. Um, so, yeah, this guy seems like a like a pretty good actor for the most part. I don't know that Who he's... Who could have guessed <clears throat> in this? Oh, well, that's the thing. With his know. mumbling. Yeah. Well, maybe he was... Maybe that's how he got over the accent. 
Yeah. I can't do an American accent, yeah. but I can mumble. I can <laughs> they won't be able to tell. Mumble through it. Do you think the main <laughs> accent was portrayed well at all with uh, with um, John Lithgow's character, uh, Judd? No, Judd but... Judd Crandall? I remember the, the the original film, they took every opportunity to say, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And th- that was in the book a lot. I do right, remember right, that. Right. Judd Crandall was like the old timer. was like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, Fred Gwynn. Yes. Thank you. A.K.A. Herman Munster. Yes. <laughs> was yeah, the he original. was terrific. Yeah, he did a great job. Yeah. Yeah, he was... Uh, it's a bummer that everyone will always remember him for just Herman Munster, but the guy was a very good actor. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, of course, he was the. He was also in Car Fifty Four. That's true, and my cousin Vinny. He was the judge. Oh my God! Yes, what he are was. Utes? <laughs> that's one of the favorite parts of that one. These Utes. Yes. Two Utes. Yeah. Uh, and this one, I liked uh, Opsa Ahmed as Victor. Yeah, yeah, Victor Pascal. Yeah, he he's a, he's very good at. Um, conveying emotions without doing much at all. Yeah. And being covered in makeup. Very good, gory makeup. Yeah. 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 Good job uh, from him. Um, the uh, <clears throat> the daughter, Ellie, uh, was Jete Lawrence. And I don't know much about her, um, where she comes from. Actually, I don't know anything about her, but her name. Uh, but I think. The, the daughter did a nice job. Yes. She yes. she definitely conveyed the emotion, <clears throat> the creepiness, and the rage when it came in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she she was probably the best part of the movie, I think. <clears throat> and, of course, the little kid, yeah. You just have to kind of capture moments with a kid that age. Yeah, there's not much you can do except, like, you know, make funny faces and hand gestures and, right. you know, try and get him when he's not cranky. Show him a puppy and then take it away <clears throat> so he cries. Yeah. Like Steven Spielberg did. And as you might expect, it was twins. So, oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Involved twins. Yeah. So they, yeah, you got Hugo and Lucas. Um, this was made in Canada. So mm-hmm. your your wife noticed immediately in the credits all the French names and she goes, Quebec, right? Right. <laughs> yep. Yep. You got it. I thought I, I sensed the maple syrup sticky fingers of Canada all over this. <laughs> You're like, hey, wait a minute, is is Cronenberg involved here? Cronenberg's not involved. It's n- not worth watching. <laughs> okay, there you have it. Um, so, uh, so this thing sets uh, sets upon the storyline uh, generally the same. Yeah. Uh, we get kind of all all the uh, bullet points of the original screenplay. Um, the three twists we mentioned: you know, the switcheroo on the cat, the student, and uh, which kid gets killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, how surprised were you when that tanker went down? And you're like, "Oh, the girl! No way!" Did you have that moment? Or? No, because I knew the girl was because she's on the poster. Well, the poster, and I think the trailer <clears throat> we saw before it or something. We went and watched. Oh. Uh, gave it away. Okay. I don't remember that at all. So I was still expecting Gage to be the possessed monster kid. So the reanimated dead. Uh, does this reanimation via um, evil ground, does this thing work for you as a, as a plot device? or or? Sure. Yeah. The only thing that didn't work for me is it seemed like it took a long time to get out there the first time, and then every time after it got shorter and shorter. They found a shortcut. Yeah, and yeah. then like the mom is back like 
20 minutes. Right. You know, it took no time to drag her up there. Yeah. And she was back right away. Uh, one of the things I found, because like the storyline is so lugubrious and, and there's just like no humor, uh, especially in the second half. Yeah. Like uh, watching it together, uh, you, you start, it starts getting funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. When something is like, goes that dark without in really involving you. Yeah. You just start. Uh, you just start noticing all the continuity errors, for instance. Like, yeah. So you have the thing with the the deadfalls built up as this big dangerous barrier, and then everyone else just goes around it. Yeah. So like the little girl <laughs> drags her mother up to the burial ground, and the mother comes, you know, running back. Yeah. <clears throat> um, the on like uh, they have their friends up from Boston for the uh, the kid's birthday party. Birthday party. Kid gets creamed uh, by this tanker. The you know the, the back of which goes sliding down the street. It's full of liquid nitrogen. Is it? That's what I wished. That I if, think it was oil. So, it was oil. But. Yeah. I, I, as <laughs> as we mentioned, like if if that happened here, that street would be closed for a week. Oh yeah. Oh, and so it was gone immediately. It was gone by the end of the day, and no one mentions it. There's no mess or cordons or anything. No. <clears throat> yeah, it's an easy way to handle this would have been to. Um, you know, have a bunch of uh, whatever the cleanup cat litter looking stuff is, you know. Yeah. Have them uh, walking and crunching it or, or Just in the background, it. you have some guys scraping the road with big brooms. Yeah. And you've, you've obviously got a street with a bunch of kids in it. Yeah. trucks going by. There's not a fence in sight. No. Yeah. Or a, even a sign, you know. Okay. Yeah. So we, we are here on top of a hill in this hilly neighborhood in Denver. Uh, you know what I had to do before anything else moving in here? A uh, fence because mm-hmm. of two little dogs that might take mm-hmm. off. I'm more concerned about two little dogs than these people are about two kids. Yeah, yeah, they, they move in. So the first day, the mother's complaining that uh, there's this cemetery on their land. Which they own, yes. Uh, and they've seen these trucks go whizzing by. Yeah, she's but not she, upset about that. They mention it. Yeah. How do you think all those dead pets happened right yeah. there? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the kids aren't coming from miles around. You know, they're not coming from far, far away to bury their pets Just there. driving up from Boston. Yeah. The leafers. People coming up to watch them leafs yeah, change. There's obviously enough people along the street for there to be trick-or-treat. Yeah. To be a pretty big thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, which... Yeah. Yeah, so it it does feel a little disjointed for how things ought to be, you know. Maybe the fence is in disrepair, and it, or the, the the gate's missing. I could buy that, you know. That could be a thing. Let's see how section of fence fell down in 1988. <laughs> it's, it's like, uh, yeah, I could see that, you know. But it doesn't work. You're right. It, it's uh, my my disbelief is not suspended. Yeah, yeah. And it, we don't talk enough about the Wendigo. Right. No. It's touched on like a couple times. Yeah. Apparently you get a vague glimpse of its shape in the mist. Oh. Oh, really? Yeah. Did not see that. Uh, but you saw Boom Mike Man, didn't you? I saw a reflection, but it might not have been. Oh, okay. It, it was a reflection in the, the uh, refrigerator. Huh. <laughs> it wouldn't be the worst sin. Um, so this... Uh, well, this has actually made money, so yeah, lots of five times its budget. Lots of people made, you know, made the trek out to see it. So okay, 
Pet um, Cemetery too. Come on. It's probably going to happen. But <laughs> and that I will do a remake <clears throat> versus original, original. Original versus remake on the uh, uh, Pet Cemetery too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever seen it. I've <clears throat> not seen Pet Cemetery too. I don't believe. So Judd Crandall getting his Achilles tendon cut mm. by Gage or in this case, what's her face? Ellie. Ellie. <coughs> um, you knew that was going to happen for yeah. sure. They set it up and it doesn't happen. And I'm like, oh, really, you dicks? How did you not give us that? Because I don't want it, but I know it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And we get ankles going past the bed mm-hmm. and you think there's a kid under it. There's not a kid under it. And then he goes down the stairs and it goes through behind the thing and then out. It was it was gory. It was not believable visually necessarily. I don't know. See, I think the original movie was a lot. It was squickier. It was. It, it was, was slow and it was, I don't uh, know. It was gross. It seemed a lot more real. This seemed fakey. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm, no. It was very special effecty. Yeah. I don't, not to insult anyone who worked on it, but uh, I think the choice to, you know, stab in and then cut through, that eh, was a bit much. Yeah. And it's squirmy to watch anything like that because you just imagine what that would be like. Ugh. You know. It was very squeamish in the first Pet Cemetery. Yeah. But it's been done quite often now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Hostel did it and it worked. Yeah. And then there's been several since then. Oh, just don't. It's just cliche now. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 there's there's starting to be lists of things that don't do them cuz they're cliche. Yeah. The mirror trick should probably be number 1 on that list. Yeah, they do a they do a <clears throat> variation on the mirror thing in this yeah. day. Yeah, you open it up to dumbwaiter mm-hmm. alternate universe and then close it and open it again immediately the medicine's back. Yeah. It was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. It was a, you know, but let's leave medicine cabinets alone. <laughs> uh, that's, I, I just say, you know, even if it was a different take and kind of clever, just don't. Yeah. <clears throat> if you want to use it to not give us the gimmick, you know, someone can go in a bathroom and open one and close it. Sure, go ahead. Yeah. But we don't need it to be a moment. I find with um, <clears throat> uh, this storyline, um, I think the scares are in the... Uh, feeling of dread and uh, the building up of anxiety about you know the ambiguous feelings and towards the dead and mm-hmm. um, you know the dread of you know mortality and so on which you get from the, the book and the monkey's paw and so on yeah but this movie settles for the jump scares every time yeah yeah that's true um, and it's it's such a cheap gimmick I, I don't know why people can't work past that and you know, give us something of of uh, a little more thought, a little more effort. But jump scares are just—it's just a cheap trick. And and I, and I usually feel like if you got me with it, and I'm startled, you succeeded in startling me, but you didn't scare me. Yeah, it's fine for a scream. Right. But yeah, totally. Some, something that should be more like a—I think it should be more adult movie. Yeah, it should be on the yeah. next, the next shelf up at least you know yeah but it's not and yeah i think the only way to really to have good producers who just you know maybe lay down some rules about things some do's and don'ts you know you could have five do's and five don'ts <laughs> you know and the don't list 
I, I don't know. Is the medicine cabinet so obvious that you, do, you don't even need to put that on your don't list? I don't know. <laughs> um, so yeah, we've got uh, so we've got not enough mentions or allusions to uh, the Wendigo. Uh, that's that's one complaint for sure because that this is supposed to be the very thing this the spirit in the woods is supposed to be the thing that gives the cemetery its power yeah because uh, in the book i remember they said it something you know that got grabbed by the wendigo and that's like oh my god that's creepy hmm. this thing grabs you like you know with its invisible hands or arms or hooves or whatever it's got claws and it, we're not really told to dread the thing or, or really know the thing in this movie and that that that's another complaint that i had uh not that i'm you know the complainer but you know i was entertained by this to the more so because it was us watching it together yeah we had some fun with it mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah we ate chips and i think this movie showed that uh having a car is an even bigger problem for a horror movie than having a cell phone. You know, we've talked about the cell phone invalidating a lot of horror tropes. Sure. Um, This movie, why the hell didn't the wife and the baby leave? She had a car. Jason hadn't gone out there and fiddled with the alternator. She she abandons him once uh, the kid dies. Yeah. She leaves him to drink himself into oblivion. Yeah. So... Again, I was like, why would you spend the night there? Just go. <sighs> yeah. So You know, the dead girl, yeah, I don't think we need her. And your husband's made a number of poor choices. <laughs> I'd be drawn up those divorce papers. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things, like, you know, as I say, when, you, when, you, <clears throat> when you're not really into it, um, it, it just gets funny. Yeah. Uh, so like there's him making these just incredibly stupid decisions over oh, and man. over again. He was not a man who learns. Yeah, and, and like you said before, the doubling down of the bad yeah. decisions. Well, we've all made mistakes. We've all made bad decisions. Uh, I don't think a very smart person is one who doubles down on them. No. So. But in the book, it's got the space to for him to go through. Oh, it happened that way before because such and such. This time, it, yeah, I remember. It, I remember kind of, in the book, it was like, it's like junk, when Rachel dies, talk. he's like, she just died, so it'll be okay because we waited. Yeah, before and he, you know, uh, rationalizes it in his mind that you know it'll work this time. Oh, yeah, it, they have to be fresher. Yeah, mm-hmm. basically, just recently dead. That'll totally work. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's kind of <laughs> Herbert West manic. And I think I think you're right with the you know the time between like Gage's death and his wife's death in the book, you know, you could more believe that he'd be willing to go try it again. But he knows the cat didn't work. He knows the girl didn't work. Why is the why is the wife gonna work? And I like the alternate ending better than the other one, than the the actual one. That was quite sad, wasn't it? Yeah. That one seemed to, to kind of, I don't know, I know I just argued against this, but that felt more like the book ending, whereas yes. the, the ending they gave us seemed very, I don't know, focus grouped or something, like, we need another gory, bloody death at yeah, the end. Yeah, that felt more EC. Yeah. Where you have the, the zombie family strolling up to the car. Yeah. But yeah, the, the book ends with uh, her putting her hand on his shoulder, and he doesn't 
you know, he doesn't turn around to look at her or anything. Yeah. The hand lands on his shoulder. And, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. She says, darling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the end of the book. I remember that clearly even now. But Oh, yeah. And when that happened in the movie, I thought, well, you nailed that, but then you kept going, you know? Yeah. Ah, so, um... Recommend? Well... <laughs> here's the funny thing about that um i think if you're starving for some horror and you like this kind of thing go ahead um would i tell someone to skip it and wait for it to be on netflix sure i would i would say you know don't run out and buy the blu-ray or pay for the um the rental of it you know 4.99 or whatever it would cost to rent it for on demand or whatever you know i say just wait till it's free or real cheap (laughs) Um, you got it from the library Julian we didn't pay nothing Uh (laughs) your your chips and salsa cost more than the movie (laughs) so um, yeah uh, I would say I I give it a a very lukewarm recommend in the sense that I I think you could watch it and be entertained or if you want to see it updated uh, yeah just do that when you don't have to pay much or nothing at all Uh, how about you guys avoid it at all costs yeah you you got no love for this no love for it you can find something better i would recommend uh robo vampire (laughs) robo vampire i'm on it uh or robo (laughs) vampire 2 um yeah julian yeah i I didn't think it was a, a bad movie and if you see this and it makes you want to read the novel great yeah it's a very good book yeah yeah Stephen uh, King was told to put it away, and it's too scary. There's some good-looking stuff in it. And, you know. Yeah. I mean, it was competently made, other than the mumble core. Yes. Um, but it just didn't bring anything to the table for me. Yeah. yeah. It was just, you know... No no new ground was explored and dead things buried in it. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, that, that seems it's like, like that. It's like that orgy <clears throat> cover of the New Order song that sounded exactly the same. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Or the the remake the remake of the uh, the Ramones yeah Pet Cemetery song no that actually sounded pretty cool um, I I don't know anything about the band uh, uh, well uh, Stephen King was a big fan oh well, yeah the Ramones yeah yeah he had them over in his house oh yeah of course if he uh, could he would I they all that, sniffed I think that's blue where he wrote the lyrics to um, uh, the song yeah Bliss Creek Bop that's uh, no when when they were staying at his house that's where oh. he wrote the lyrics to Pet Cemetery oh okay. Okay, gotcha. Um, and then uh, the in because he heavily referenced Blitzkrieg Bop in the book just by saying "Hey ho, let's go" mm-hmm. when he was getting ready to go do some dumb decision. No, in, in the book <clears throat> and in the original movie, the truck is distracted by something. Oh, the cell phone with some girl's name popping. No, in. not on no, this. In one. the new one, he's distracted because he gets a phone call from Sheena. Right, Sheena. Yeah, a punk rocker. Yeah. Ah, you got, uh, I, that no- went right over my head when we were watching. In the novel, is something else, isn't it? I, I, uh, I don't remember. Porno. <laughs> he had to have like some actual porno in his car. Yeah. In his truck. Yeah, that could be it. But uh, so you got no no recommend for this, Julian? Just I think if it's, it's right. You're happy if it steers someone toward the the novel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, King wrote a lot of cool stuff, and he, he probably wrote a lot of what we would regard as crap. <laughs> there you go. Straight Will. up crap. <laughs> Man can't write an ending, and he needs an editor. 
I'm going to just say it. <laughs> Again, Will's on the fence. I think he's still in his prime in the, when this came out. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. This is 83, the original <clears throat> book came out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're, you you go into a used bookstore or a new bookstore, and you could pick up Firestarter, mm-hmm. The Shining, Carrie. Oh, yeah. I, I got them all as soon as they came out. Oh, yeah. And these were, yeah, these were all good. And then, and then it got into the... Yeah, and, once it got to the... I have the dragon in the dark town. I was like, oh, yeah. It was Tommy Knockers for me. The yeah. first of it's really good, and then it's just like, what happened? What, what the happened? Hell you guys? The drinking have... got out of control. Right. And just, I just remember there was some like huge continuity problem between the first of the book and the second of the book, second half of the book. That even at like twelve, I was like, what kind of moron wrote this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not watching or reading any more of your books, Mr. King. <laughs> yeah. So, Jillian, you remember when you brought up the um, fact that they were making a fan film of Friday the 13th? I believe you're the one who brought yeah. brought it up because you saw that someone on my Facebook feed mentioned it. Mm-hmm. And I looked and I went, oh, shit, that's John Ravenholt. I went to high school with this guy. Okay. Um, he's going to be in town um, coming and going to uh, – he's in Boise, Idaho. Uh, so he's going to be coming and going to somewhere – I want to say Wisconsin or Minnesota or somewhere uh, with a layover in Denver. Oh. And he got a hold of me and was just like, hey, I'd like to see you and let's let's hang out for this however many hours it is. Like I think one of the trips, it's like nine hours and the other one, it's a little longer. So um, my plan is to, for for the next show, have him on to talk about, um, and, I'm, and I'm not sure the title of this thing, but it is the Friday the 13th fan film, mm-hmm. which you can make if you're not profiting whatsoever, because it's all going to go to charity. And uh, <clears throat> that means um, they don't have to do copyright nothing. They're just like, hey, we got Jason Voorhees. What are you going to do? <clears throat> now, if you're Disney or somebody, you could still sue someone. But yeah. um, in this case, it's like, no, it's it's uh, something you can do as a f- like fan art. It's a fan film. It's okay to do. Uh, we'll get maybe some more insight when we talk to john but he'll be on the show unless something goes wrong with his uh, trip or my ability to go grab him from the airport or meet up with him and get him over here but uh yeah he and his wife will be in town very briefly coming and going uh and we'll get him on the show all that, right if that doesn't work out then uh, we'll be talking about scream three <laughs> just kidding well all right. Is that a good place to, mm-hmm. to leave it? All right. Sure. Hey, listeners, thank you for listening. <laughs> Clang. Clang. Stay off the road. We've got two minutes left for an hour. Come on. Some filler here. Oh, filler? Filler. Mm, you want filler? We filler. Want... we got to give the people an hour. Well, you know. nonsense. Y- and we had that big jump in the middle where you... He left the room. Oh, shit, that's right. Okay, so we'll make up for that right now. Um... <laughs> I'm just kidding. Time bananas.